Welcome to another episode of Rooted in Reaching, a podcast about startups and entrepreneurs in the South Bend Elkhart region of Indiana. My name is Nick Kuhn. And I'm Bethany Hartley. Today, I'll be speaking with Kathy Burnett with BrainLayer Books, and she'll be sharing about how her company provides books that uplift marginalized voices. We hope you enjoy. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Bethany. How are you? I am okay. And yourself? I'm wonderful. The Good sun is shining. So. The sun is shining. Can't be mad. If you like the outdoors, it would be great. <laughs> but not so much. Exactly. Got it. Got it. <laughs> not a fan. No. People are out there. Yeah. There's that. Yes. <laughs> well, it's just us in here. So Thanks. So we're going to jump right in. Okay. Uh, you own Brain Layer Books. Would you share a bit about your current state of brain layer, and then we'll work our way backwards. Okay, well, right now we're at 1005 Portage Avenue. We're in the near Northwest Neighborhood Center. And the reason we're there is Willow had me go to the local cup. I finally went two Octobers ago, and I sat there. There was like an arts cafe, and people were moving in and out the cafe, and I was like, this this is the vibrancy mm. that I want. People were talking to each other and laughing. Like, I want this. How do I get over here? Mm-hmm. Reached out to a lot of people, probably you, because I asked all my people, like, where's available? And then talked to the NNN. They'd never had a for-profit because the local cup is a pay-it-for-it nonprofit. Mm. And they had a board meeting, and they said, yes, let's do a one-year lease. Check that out. We just signed a three-year lease, so we're in there. They gave us a lot of cool stuff. They kept the rent the same, and we are now about to really kind of dig into what I want the store to be like, So, which is perfect because it's five years, so we're doing a new strategic plan, so it'll be... I'm kind of excited about it. That's awesome. Congratulations on a three-year lease. That's exciting. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Also scary. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where you are today. Yes. When we first met, it was a very different start and very different stage of your business. Would you mind sharing just a little of how did you get this going? Some of those pivots that you've made, the most overused (laughs) word in the dictionary pivot, but... You've made some changes over the years. Just start talking about that a little bit. So I want to say back in 2017, um, I've always wanted to open a bookstore. Like that's always been my lifelong dream. And about 20 something years ago, I had actually reached out to the American Booksellers Association to see what that would be like. Visited a lot of bookstores up in Michigan because there's some really cool small ones up there. And then decided that that's I couldn't do that. I don't have the right kind of money or time to make that work. So I went to work in the library, school library, and I thought I would treat the library like a bookstore. What would I change about the way the library is run? That would seem like that. And so that's what I did for a number of years and finally had an opportunity to open the store. And I was downtown South Bend in a little house, um, which was pretty, but really not functional for what we needed to be functional for. Plus, I wasn't really good on the inventory management part of, which is huge if you have a lot of inventory on hand. Um, We had already been online because I started online, actually started on Twitter, and that's where our name comes from. It was part of my Twitter handle Mm. on there. Um, And so I used those people to raise money to get the first, I guess, starter capital that I needed to open the store. Um, And then Mayor Pete came along and had a book. 
he let us do an event with him. A good friend of mine who is a Newberry Award-winning PBS speaking person came to here and um, did an event for about 800 kids, and then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And so I had already been looking at doing something different because I don't like people. And when you're in a store, especially if you're by yourself, People come to you and you don't have control over who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. That's very nerve wracking for me. And Mm -hmm. so it was already some changes I needed to make so that I wasn't in that position Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, And we had to close the store Mm -hmm. because of COVID. It was in April. But for us at the time, our... I really don't think Amazon's our competitor because we go for local dollars and the competitors would be other recreational places here. But they started deprioritizing books and so our orders started seriously increasing. Mm. So I couldn't keep up by myself anymore. It went from like 10 a week to 100 a week to 1,000. And by the end of summer, I had hired three people to come and help me. And then it took us all the way until October to get those orders done. But what it did was show us the power of the internet and social media. Um, One thing I'm really proud of is our branding is really strong. Mm -hmm. I feel as if people know who we are through that way because our voice is the same on the internet as it is in there. And just seeing the power of that, and it helped me, well, then I don't have to be in front of people as much, but also I've got these three remote workers who are not, who I've, they've never been in the store. They'd never knew that, but I picked them based on what I knew about them as readers mm-hmm. to help me. Um, and all three of them still work for me wow. right now. So that was our first pivot was just going back online and then just really digging into social media and really digging into what we stood for, like what we believed in. And I just kind of stopped doing other stuff, which is cool. Mike here, let us work out of here for a while. So we had um, Stockroom East. We have a, still have a bookcase at Purple Porch. Mm-hmm. So we were working there. We did some stuff on the porch of where we used to be. We worked out of a storage space, which we still have. We would go in there and process all of our online orders, then run to the post office and UPS and ship them out. We had a generator in there. Like we literally sat there. It's set up like the store was huh. with the shelving, everything. And we knew where everything was at. So that was pretty pretty interesting. And we still use that space for like backstock and stuff like that. So you didn't say this explicitly, but what I heard in there is it's really hard freaking work to be a business owner and to start a business and especially to endure during a pandemic, a global pandemic. So what has kept you going? I feel as if the store is something that's necessary, especially in the climate that we are now. Um, Our biggest thing that I say is we want to help people build empathy, Mm -hmm. right, and build community. And you do that through reading about other people. Studies show that fiction helps people be empathetic toward other people. And so I wanted to do that, and people felt other people felt it was necessary. So we got a lot of customers that way because they knew what we were doing. They also knew that I was reading the books, and so I could actually talk to them And I would treat them, it was a safe space for them to come to. Mm -hmm. They could call me and talk to me and tell me what they really believed. And it was okay. They knew that I would help them Mm -hmm. with that. So that was it. It's a lot of hard work, but it's also gratifying Mm -hmm. in a sense, especially since if you own your own business, you can make changes without worrying about what other people think. Like I can sell what I want to sell and I don't have to sell other things, right? I Like I said about the social media, we're about to pivot on social media again, which I 
put out to other people. I don't actually do the social media mm-hmm. anymore, but I'm behind what we say mm-hmm. on social media. So just, I can change all of that. You could be a lot more innovative in what you're doing when it's you, but of course, you also have to make money because you have to pay rent and mortgage. And if you have employees, you have to pay them as well. Mm-hmm. So just... I do have a degree in degree in accounting. I don't know if people know that I have a degree, a master's degree in library science, an undergraduate degree in education, and an undergraduate undergraduate degree in accounting. And so that helps me keep going. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to be a bookstore right now and still survive yeah. and not just like be out there. And so that's kind of what's kept us going, knowing when to pull back and knowing when to push and being on the forefront of what's happening in the book business to know what I should be doing next, basically. So on that thread of what to do next, what is the next iteration of Brain Layer Books look like? What's on the horizon? I have two things in mind right now. One, we're looking at getting a space downtown. I'd like a small box space down there, so I'm hopefully working on that. Mm-hmm. And then there's another space. I don't want to say this one out loud because it's a proposal mm-hmm. that we're doing that really would put us on the map, so to speak, if we get that. And so I have been rewriting our employee handbook, rewriting procedures and testing everything so that I could basically make Brainler books in a box. I would like for us to have, like we were looking at the top 100 books in certain categories. Mm-hmm. I would like for us to have that so that when we go when I move somewhere else, we at least have that same thing. But then I would curate the rest of it to the people who come into the store. So you still know what we talk about, but you also know we believe in you and we have those books for you. So that would be, those two things would be my next ones that I'm looking at. That's awesome. So we were talking a little bit before we press record on this about how you've updated your systems, you're leveraging technology. Can you speak a little to kind of the the pain you have felt leveraging technology, especially with the amount of inventory you manage and where that has gotten you to at this point? So the book business is really different than what people think. You have to have all of these accounts at different publishers, but you also have distributors and wholesalers. And mm-hmm. so you, you're getting books in different ways. And every time I buy books, I have to decide who I get it from because the discount's going to be different. Mm-hmm. So my profit margins is going to be different. Um, so what we were doing before, I love technology. So I kind of just taped some stuff together because I could make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Square and we had Bazel and we had IndieCommerce and we had Shopify. We had all of these different things that I could make work. But then I realized how much time I was spending making it work, mm-hmm. which meant how much money I was losing. And then if the staff couldn't understand it, I would always have to be on call or be in the store to make it work. So I decided to invest the money into a system that did everything, um, but still had some autonomy. We could make the website look the way we want the website Mm -hmm. to look. So people wouldn't be lost that way. Because a lot of times if you change something on your website, people won't look for it. They will just go somewhere else. And so just this will allow us to do that. It allows me to have to quickly train staff and mm-hmm. it will allow me to open these other spaces because I won't have to worry about that. We will already have a proven program that I can kind of put into place. That's really exciting. It is exciting. Has that been implemented, you said? or is- Yes. Okay. We started, we were working two systems starting in March. At the end of March, we went to the new system. Actually, I was just there today. So every day... Um, I give them more responsibility, it less on me. So I've typed up what I think are the final mm-hmm. procedures based on what I've done. And so I'm watching them go through it so we can see 
what they understand mm-hmm. what I've done and do I need to make it simpler or harder or different for them? So that's where we're at now. We're kind of fine-tuning how this will work so that it works without me. I think that's the hardest part about owning a business. You are the business and it's difficult to separate yourself from that. But if I don't have time to be by myself or be at home, I can't think of anything new. Um, We do a lot of business to business and that's a lot of me cold calling and emailing and saying, hey, let me help you with your diversity initiative or whatever, because that's really where we can kind of bring in some cash. You got to have different revenue streams. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, and speak to that a little bit. You you hit on it earlier, but be very explicit with like, what is the core of Brand Layer Books? It's not a typical bookstore. It's not, you're not going to find every book in your bookstore. What is it? We specialize in marginalized voices. So we look for uh, authors and illustrators who are black, indigenous, people of color, um, LGBTQ and disabilities or disabled from the disabled community. We like to find books that are by those people and about those people because I feel as if you know more about yourself than I do. Like I can write a biography of Bethany Hartley, but Bethany can write an autobiography that's going to tell me a little bit more Mm -hmm. than what's happening. So own voices is kind of what they used to call that. So we focus on that. I do have some other authors that I bring in. Um, It's a battle sometimes, making sure you have the right inventory in. So it's also better for me because I'm specializing. I don't have to carry a blockbuster. You Mm -hmm. could go to Barnes & Noble and get that. So we can be very like explicit with what we have or specific, I guess, with what we have, which saves money right there because I don't have to fill it up. You also don't have to have a lot of back stock. As a matter of fact, I was working on sending books back today. We return a lot if it's not working. Mm. So every 90 days, if the book we bought is still sitting there 90 days later and we've tried to move it in different places, we've advertised Mm -hmm. different things with it, it needs to go back so I can bring in something new. So being on top of that, has that's difficult that we make it work. But just... Our whole, well, you can see my shirt. It says, read books, drink coffee, fight evil. And I don't think people want to necessarily be evil to other people. I think because of what we see in the media and what we've heard, we have these preconceived notions of what other people are like. And so my role, my goal is to help people understand other people Mm -hmm. because ultimately we're all humans. We all want to be seen, right? You feel good when somebody recognizes you for who you are. You didn't have to change something Mm -hmm. to do this. And so that's what we're hoping to do. When you read this book about whoever that's not you mm-hmm. and you feel what they're feeling when you see that person someone like that in person those feelings transfer and so now you can have a conversation with them and you don't feel threatened um, there's a book called the sum of us and it talks about the idea and i'm sure you've heard this before that everything is not a pie right if i get some there's still it doesn't mean you get less right. because we work it together with you and I put our pie together. We've got two pies. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's not a zero sum game. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's what I want people to take from it is that we're in this together. We rise together. Like we help each other. Like right. I collaborate and work with a lot of businesses in town. I give my talents to a lot of businesses mm-hmm. because I truly believe like that's how we make it. Me and you connecting that's how we both get for yeah. get to move forward. Yeah. So when you talk a little about um, connections and people and what you've done over the years, clearly you didn't do this. You weren't sitting and saying, "This is what I'm going to do," and then that's it. It it takes a lot of people and a lot of insights and a lot of thought. And I'm curious, where do you go or who do you go to for 
either, and maybe the answer is I don't go to anyone. I sit and I'm still, and this is what I think of, and then I test it out. But are there those go tos where you're like, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Or even when you're talking I about have your both tech. of those things. So I right now I am working Tuesdays, but normally I always take at least one day where I talk to no one. Right yeah. now it's Monday. Like you can call me, you will not hear back from me. Mm-hmm. Most people know. I'm not going to talk to you on that day because I need the silence to try to figure things out. I have two friends who own bookstores, um, small bookstores, one smaller than mine, and I talk to them all the time. We met when we when I first became a bookseller five years ago at a conference, and we have been friends since. So when I have an idea, like we just had this thing, this uh, big store <laughs> that also sells books decided that they would not put books in their store of debut authors or people who are not proven, mm. right? So a lot of times those are authors who are mar- from marginalized communities because mm-hmm. it's harder for them to get in. So I came up with a plan. We called it Indies Got Your Back. So I reached out to 10 other booksellers that I know. We came up with a whole, like we have a shirt and everything, just how do we support the community? Instead of saying Barnes & Noble is doing this or not doing this, what do we do mm-hmm. to step up instead? So I have that, but I also have a lot of people who are outside of the book industry because you can get ideas from anyone. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of golden to me to just talk to people and see what they're doing and how do I work that? We're looking at how do we get into Airbnbs? Like how do you mm. make it so that we curated this collection? You're coming for a weekend and it could be a reading weekend. You can take some books with you. You can leave books there and order it. I'll ship it to your house so it's there when you get back. Mm-hmm. So how do we make that work? That's kind of what I'm working on too is what else can I do with mm-hmm. books? What else can I do with that? That's really cool. Well, I'm really cool. Obviously, that's why you're here. <laughs> that and the glasses add to it, right? Uh, <laughs> so I think, you know, as we come to a close, I think what I heard, I heard a lot from you in this short amount of time, just in terms of how you you are being an entrepreneur, which every entrepreneur is different from one another. And so I guess just kind of a, a parting question or a closing question is, you know, what do you you obviously give back a lot in many different ways. And so when it comes to the generation of entrepreneurs coming up behind you, what does that look like for you in terms of advice that you give or don't give? Because sometimes people are like, I hate when people give advice. I don't know. But what is what are you talking about when it comes to entrepreneurship? There are a lot of new booksellers coming up. And one of the things I talk about is you don't have to have a brick and mortar store Mm -hmm. right away. You could start as a pop-up. You could start, you could get a bookmobile. Like how you do this business is up to you. It doesn't have to be the traditional or what they call the traditional way. How else can we do that? So I work with a lot of mostly um, booksellers of color. Mm -hmm. Um, They call me, we email, we meet and just what are you doing How do you get some time to yourself? Because I think that's the hardest part of being an entrepreneur is you work 24-7, 365. And so how do you not do that and still succeed? Mm -hmm. How do you define succeeding? Because that was a big one for me as well. Like, How do you decide what's success? How do you get there? Do you have to be there today? Do you have to grow? Like just asking questions that you you hear these things in books. You need to be growing. You need to be doing this. Mm -hmm. But do you? Like, what are you in this business for and how do you get there and how can I help you? Which is my biggest thing is, what can I do for you? How can I help? I love helping people, even though I don't like people. I do like seeing people happy. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of whoever asks me, I'm usually complaining about it and then also helping you. That's Those are perfect words to end (laughs) on. Thank you so much, Kathy. Really appreciate it. Thanks for letting me come on. 